You know, we've been talking about so many areas of anxiety um, in life. It makes me just anxious thinking about anxiety, right? We've talked about finances. We've talked about it when the uh, chaos hits our life. And we're going to talk now about uh, the area of anxiety over health. You know, I think health and kind of our physical well-being is an area that just can create such anxiety because there are so many unknowns. There is a sense that sometimes we don't know about the efficacy of the treatment plan. We don't know how long it's going to last. We just want to get it over with. And obviously, as our illnesses become more serious, um, it really does have kind of a ripple effect into creating anxiety, not only for the one who's sick, but for our families and for those who are close to us. And as we look at ways to focus on the Prince of Peace as a way to get over or get past some of the anxiety when it comes to our physical health, you know, there are so many stories in the Bible of healing, and there are so many examples of Jesus healing people. But I want to focus on a story today that talks not only about the way that Jesus just intervened in someone's physical health and, inter and um, was able to heal that person, but a way that people came around someone who was sick and we see how Jesus used their relationship, their intervention, as a way not only to bring physical healing for the person who was sick, but to encourage and grow the faith of the people around him. So with that in mind, let's go to God in prayer. Lord, we just love you and we thank you for the chance to um, just come to you with our physical um, sickness. Lord, sometimes our bodies just get worn out. Um, sometimes we don't understand what's going on um, with our health. Sometimes we don't get the answers that we want or that we desire. And so I pray, God, that you would help us just to be mindful of ways that we can come to you in our moments of suffering um, and in the moments where we see others suffering around us with issues around their physical health. And do that in a way, God, where we look to you to not only provide the healing, because we know that you can do that, but to do it in a way that also relieves us from the worry and the anxiety that comes with dealing with these issues. We just love you and we thank you for the chance to be in your word. In Christ's name, amen. So the story that we've selected this week to take a look at is the story of the centurion's servant and how that servant was sick and the centurion sent some of his friends, they were Jewish elders, to go out and ask for Jesus to heal the servant. And so we're going to pick up at Luke 7, verse 1, and it says, When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There, a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him. So as we pick up this story, what's unique about it is there are lots of examples in the Bible where people come to Jesus for physical healing. But think about what's happening here. The Jewish elders are coming on behalf of the centurion, who's acting on behalf of his sick servant, um, to look for healing. And as I read that, I started to think to myself about the circles of influence and the circles of relationships in my own life. And so it's not just about the anxiety that comes to me when I'm not feeling well, but I think about those times when I really feel the pull, the stress um, of a family member who's dealing with a long-term illness or a friend who just never can seem to get well. And what I'll often do is throw aside the, the simple, I'll pray for you, what can I do to help you? But what I love about this story in Luke is that we see this affirmative action where the Jewish elders were acting with agency for this person that was two steps removed from them. They really believed that they, by coming to Jesus, 
could help that person um, who wasn't in their physical presence. And so as I think about my own role, right, in being able to pray for people, to intercess for them when they need physical healing, or to be that person who thinks about ways that I can reach out to that person and act with agency to help him or her out, I, I look at this as an example of a way that I think Jesus calls us as a way to deal with some of the anxiety that we might be experiencing, not only with our own physical health, but with the physical health of others, to be really aggressive and acting with agency. You know, I think parents are sometimes getting a bad rap with this term helicopter parent. You hear it a lot, right? That um, we're not supposed to do everything for our children. And I certainly believe that. But there's always this notion of let the kids do it for themselves, let them act on their own. But you know, when it comes to taking people to Jesus, when it comes to taking people to a place where they have access to him, where they can tap into his power, I think Luke 7 is calling us to be the kind of people that not only bring the requests of others to him, the requests and the needs um, of others where they are wrestling with issues that they're facing, and we're called upon to bring those to Jesus with agency, I think we're also called to act to intervene in the lives of those who are dealing with those kinds of issues that could be causing them physical health. You know, I'm so grateful um, when I think about um, people who are able to just give a ministry of presence, right? To sit with people who are dealing with physical health issues and just to be there with them, to not only provide um, physical needs, right? To take care of them, to be able to go run errands for them, but just to be there to give them that emotional support that is acting with agency. And those Jewish elders stepped out for the centurion because they had a relationship with him. And they were willing to be the ones to go to Jesus and to give, them, give him the request that would eventually result in the healing of the servant. So as we think about physical health, as we think about the anxiety that comes with waiting for physical health to be restored or waiting to see someone um, get healing from physical health. I don't think we're called just to act on our own, to act with our immediate family, to act with our closest circles of influence, but we're called to act with agency, to help bring them to the Father so that they have access to all of the things that he can bring to them. So we see the Jewish elders do this, but what I love is they didn't just come to Jesus, right? What did they do? They asked him, so as we go back to Luke 7 and we go to verse 3, I'll just pick it up and reread what I started with. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. For the Jewish elders to go to Jesus was a risky move. Now, why would I say this? Well, the centurion was obviously the government official who lorded over them in the type of government that they had with Roman control. And I just wonder when he asked those Jewish elders to go to Jesus, if they looked at themselves and they said, well, sure, we'll be willing to go. But what if Jesus says no? What if Jesus says he's not going to intervene or not going to help or not come with us? But the elders asked with anticipation. They knew that Jesus would act on behalf of the centurion's servant. And so I just think about this and the boldness with which these Jewish elders were willing to act. And I start to think to myself, do I go to Jesus with that same bold sense of anticipation that he can intervene in the physical issues of my life and the physical issues of those around me? 
Again, I think sometimes, especially as sickness drags on, right, we start to lose a certain boldness with how we go to him. And I'll use my dad as an example. My dad passed away about a month and a half ago. And he, he dealt with sickness um, and dealt with just a real fatigue and a weakness that came after radiation from cancer. And as I think about kind of the slope of the boldness of my prayers about his physical health, you know, when he first was dealing with the cancer, we were bold. We claimed that the cancer would go away, and it did. But then as we saw the effects of the radiation in his life, right, we just started to get to a point where we didn't ask for him to be fully restored. We didn't ask for him to have that strength back, right? Our, our prayers became timid. They really focused on, can he just have comfort, right? Can he just get to a point where he can get through the day? And I look back at this period of my life and I just wonder if I started to lose a sense of anticipation in what I asked Jesus to do with my dad. And I think it's easy to do that as we start to just get beat down or fatigued about asking um, for intervention or for help in physical sickness, because some of them do last for so long. But as I look at the boldness of these Jewish elders, as I look at the way that they were so willing to go and ask this really difficult question, right? Jesus, would you be willing to come deal with a Roman centurion? All of the class issues, all of the national issues that kind of built up this whole uh, seen as the centurion was willing to ask Jesus and the Jewish elders were willing to kind of step out on a limb and ask Jesus to go out and do it. When I read that, I just sit, I get this sense that we're called to do more with the way that we ask. We're called to be much stronger in the anticipation that we bring when we ask and we bring those concerns to Jesus. And so I just want to ask you, what's your prayer life look like right now? Not only in the things that might be causing you worry when it comes to physical health, but just in all of these areas that might be dragging you down with worry or anticipation. Are you just asking to get by? Are you just asking to let one issue get resolved so that you can move on to another? Or are you asking with a true anticipation that Jesus can look at any situation, whether it be again with our physical health, with our finances, with those things that are causing us the most anxiety in our life, and he can act in a way that will allow us to be able to really see the fulfillment of his plans for us if we go to him boldly. Now, I want to be clear when I say this. This doesn't mean that Jesus is always going to answer in the way we want, but it does give us a reason to show a true reliance on him, right? A true belief in his ability to go into any situation and be able to intervene. I think the last thing that we can take away from the way that the Jewish elders spoke for the centurion and spoke for his servant is to see what happens next. So let's pick it up in verse six. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to him to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. The Jewish elders and the centurion himself assumed the authority of Jesus to be able to act. And I just love this interaction because they knew that Jesus had the ability to intervene, to act, and to heal. And the centurion says, I don't need Jesus to come to my house. 
I know that whatever I do as the leader of this people, when I say something needs to get done, when I give the command, it happens. And the centurion was willing to say, Jesus, I know you have the same power. I know that you have the authority to act. And my reliance on you to be able to do that was just such a strong sign of the centurion's faith. And so I just wonder again, when we're in these moments of physical sickness, when we see others who are suffering with physical sickness, do we really believe that Jesus has the authority to do what we ask him to do? Do we really believe that he is the one that can come into a situation and take care of it in his perfect plan? You know, in my life, I think about um, all of the times where I kind of mentally assent to the authority of Jesus to be able to act in a situation. I believe it, right? I've seen examples of him doing it. So while I believe it, do I really, really believe it? <laughs> do I really assume the authority of Jesus to act in any situation? Because if I did, I think I'd live my life a little bit differently. I think I'd be willing to not only, again, ask with the anticipation that he would act, but I would live in a different peace because I know that his authority extends not just to answering the prayer that I'm bringing him, but he has the authority to direct the purpose and the plan of my life. He has the authority to take everything that he has planned for me and accomplish it. He has the authority to get involved in any situation that I'm in and bring it to the fruition that will ultimately lead to his glory. I've got to assume his authority in every area and every aspect of what I try to do in my life. And so when it comes to physical health, that's certainly an area where I know that he can act. But one of the tensions that I think we all deal with is we again can say that we know that Jesus can act to deal with our physical sickness, that he can bring physical healing. But what happens when he doesn't? Does that minimize our kind of recognition of his authority? And, you know, this is a tension I think we feel all the time, right? Why, God, why won't you intervene when I need healing? Why won't you intervene when I see someone that I've been praying about, that's in my circle of influence, that's in my circle of relationships, and I don't see you acting? Do I really then believe that you do have the authority to act in any situation that I'm in? So then what does it look like when we really submit to that authority? to say that we actually believe it when we say that verse in Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That is our assumption of his authority, our recognition of his authority in our lives. And when we do that, we can face anything. We can face that sickness that doesn't go away. We can face watching those around us who are dealing with health issues that are just painful and hard but we know that God is sovereign and he is in control. And when we believe that, our anxiety looks differently. It goes away because we can cast our eyes on the Prince of Peace and say, hey, we might not be feeling the physical relief, but we know deep down in our souls that your sovereign plan can give us a peace that truly does pass all understanding. So when we look at the centurion servant, a story of the centurion's willingness to go to those Jewish elders to then go to Jesus. I think we're called to look very differently at how we think about gaining peace over these issues that rack our body when we're dealing with issues of physical health. Act with agency. Look around for the people who need you to intervene in their lives. Ask with anticipation. Find ways to go to Jesus boldly, knowing that he can intervene.
and then finally assume his authority. Rest in his ability to act in a way that fulfills the ultimate purpose for you and for that person who you've intervened for. Because when we do that, we not only get peace, but we get a confirmation of purpose in our life. And it's in that that we are able to live lives that glorify him.